we talking about today, Ben? I don't know. You, you don't know? Can we talk about all of our favorite things? Well, I do really enjoy the thing that we're going to talk about today. Is it ice cream? No. Is it milk? I, I love milk. Milk is like a hug for your stomach. Is it a family-sized pack of Oreos and you're sitting alone in a dark room? That's my favorite thing. You're going down a food path that isn't too terribly far. How about I give you some hints and then you guess. Tines. Don't know what that is. Bowls, but on a handle. Spoon. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. I still had one more, too. I was going to say vehicle for food. So we're talking about spoons. Well, not just spoons. We're talking about cutlery. My oh. favorite spoon is the ladle. That's a fun one. It does pour my favorite things, which is anything that is cooked all in one pot. So stews, soups. You can whack your kids with them. No. Anyway, uh, hi, I'm Ben. And I'm Danielle. And this is Thingamajigs, the exciting history of mundane things. And apparently today we're talking about big ol' spoons, what you put in your soup. It's funny that you bring up spoons, because spoons, there's a bit of a debate on what came first, whether it was knives or spoons. But um, the history of cutlery starts at the beginning of human history, seeing that the first utensils were our fingers. It is debatable what came next, knife or spoon. Personally, I think the knife came first because, for the most part, we needed to kill or cut our food down before we got to the scooping it up and into our mouths part. But it is unknown. The first knives for eating were the same as the knives they used for hunting. We won't see butter knives for a while. They had to invent butter first. <laughs> the spoon, however, has been around since definitely the Neolithic period, probably the Paleolithic period. Paleolithic meaning when we roamed around in small groups and hunted and gathered, and Neolithic is when we invented agriculture and domesticating animals and therefore staying in one spot and creating neighborhoods. Paleolithic is when we rode dinosaurs. No, not at all. Uh, there's a painting of it in the Bible. What? No, there's not. It can't be false. I don't, I don't think that there is. A, I don't think that there is. Seashells were used because they have a really lovely shape for scooping, and smooth rocks with a cupping shape were ideal. The birth of the spoon was really just picking up anything that was small and bowl-shaped. Eventually, we added handles to the seashells or rocks and even started carving our own spoons from wood. I guess if you were already fashioning a handle out of wood, you might as well spend a few more hours and just carve the whole. Thing. The knives that we talked about were mostly very sharp rocks and sharp pieces of obsidian, which we talked about in the glass episode. Metal cutlery wasn't invented until the Bronze Age, so roughly 3000 BC to 700 AD. During this time, though, most of the metalwork was put towards weapons. Spoons were not exactly high up on the list of items they wanted to strengthen, but hunting knives were a part of the dining experience, so it was technically cutlery. And it cutlered. It sure did. 
Of course, with all things, the wealthy and royalty did have metal spoons, just not the normies. They also had metal forks, but these were used more for cooking and serving food. They weren't really used for eating, because pretty much anything that you would need a fork could be picked up and eaten with your fingers, so they did not see a purpose in in it. I still feel the same way. I feel strongly against it. I don't like my hands getting dirty. I don't like my food getting dirty from my hands. You just lick it all off. Mm. Food, dirt, doesn't matter. Very sharp-tipped knives were common around the dinner table. These things kind of looked like stiletto knives. Do you know what that is? Is it anything like stiletto heels? Well, it is where, that is where the name comes from. It, it's like a pointy knife that's sharp on both sides. So it comes up to a real fine stabby bit. And then each side of the knife is sharp. Why? I don't know. They were used for piercing your meat to bring it up to your mouth. I still do the same thing. I know you do. So just like toothbrushes, cutlery was something that you needed every day, but also was not provided by your host. You had to travel with your wooden spoons, or if you were fancy, you had an elegant travel set, which I'm sure was made of metal. In the 14th century, pewter became commonly used, making metal spoons affordable to the common people. Huge breakthrough for for us normies. I kind of like the idea of wood utensils. I feel like that'd be cool. I feel like that's eventually going to bring on flavors from everything else that you've eaten with it. You just go carve some new ones. I guess so. Now that the general population has metal spoons, let's go back and talk about forks. Forks for eating with only started in the noble courts of the Middle East in about the 7th century. They became common among the affluent families of these regions by the 10th century. Europe was still using a knife and hands, so you can imagine in 1004 when Maria Aguirre-Polina, the Greek niece of Byzantine Emperor Basil II, arrived in Venice to marry Giovanni, the son of Pietro Orseolo II, the Doge of Venice. She showed up with a case of golden forks. She proceeded to use them at her wedding feast, and this did not please the local clergy. It was viewed as vain and decadent, with one going as far to say, and this is a quote, God in his wisdom has provided man with natural forks, his fingers. Therefore, it is an insult to him to substitute artificial metal forks for them when eating. Amen, brother. This dude was just so totally jealous. When Maria died from plague a short two years later, St. Peter Damien suggested that it was God's punishment for her lavish ways. Forks, man. I think it's important to mention that her husband and son also died of this plague, and these things weren't said about them, so... Well, women aren't supposed to have nice things, it's the way. This was also said of Theodora Docana, or Ducaina, I'm not really sure. Another wealthy Byzantine woman, the difference being that she didn't die so soon after. Regardless, these stories tell us how rigid in their mindsets Europe, specifically the church, was, and also how anytime a woman does something out of the ordinary, it must be of the devil. She's a witch. It didn't help that some say that eating sweets with forks by courtesans, which is a fancy word for upper-class sex workers, 
caused the church to condemn forks as immoral. Sex workers used forks. Uh, forks were bad. Right. Crazy. <laughs> but by the end of the Middle Ages, the spread of forks can be tracked by their appearance in city inventories and as items that were obviously valued because they were left to family members and wills. But they still had specific uses. Sucket forks were used primarily for sticky foods or things like berries that would stain your fingers. There was this play in 1616 called The Devil is an Ass by satire playwriter Ben Johnson. And in this play, he made fun of the fashion of using forks for the sparing of napkins. So like you would use a fork so that you wouldn't get your hands dirty so that you wouldn't overuse napkins your hands would stay clean. Unlike forks, spoons, on the other hand, had a very holy history. Spoons were used in ornate ceremonies. The coronation of every British king included a ritual where the new monarch was anointed with a ceremonial spoon. During the Tudor and Stuart period, it became traditional to give an apostle spoon as a, as a christening gift. You could buy a set of 12, one for each of the apostles, and eventually there was a 13th spoon added called the Master Spoon because it represented Jesus. This is weird. <laughs> I found this whole thing very strange. Like people who collect spoons. Do you know about that? Yeah. It's weird. What's the deal with spoons? I get why forks were viewed as evil because it's not a far reach to look at a fork and think of a pointy trident that you would always see the devil holding but why are spoons so holy nothing about a spoon screams venerate me i i guess the spoon is sacred you know halos are spoon-like are they though well like they've got the little round edge where if you if you put a spoon behind your head it would kind of look like a little halo i don't think they'd hold soup so good i'm just trying to connect some dots here I think it's just because spoons are round and non-threatening and forks are pokey and scary. Yeah, probably that too. I do have one story of a woman bringing forks into a new marriage that isn't sad. Catherine de Medici. Popularized forks in France when she brought them back from Italy in 1533. So a good bit of time has gone by for us to acquaint ourselves with the fork. Now, the Renaissance popularized all things Italian, so this proved to be some good publicity for forks. Also, no one called Catherine a vain harlot, so that's good. Remember when I said that hunting knives were used at the table to cut your food into smaller pieces? Well, that story gets more interesting. So having hunting knives at the dinner table was not exactly the safest thing because of conversation could get too heated you know jerry the groom of the stool says something about how the king said thomas's wife said she she could never go back because once you go royal you never go loyal you, you know what i'm saying sure to your husband the king and thomas's wife did it and now jerry is telling the story about how good it was do you are you following the story Anyway, so Thomas hears that, and oh look, he's holding a hunting knife to Jerry's liver. So having deadly weapons at the dinner table was not ideal. That's the point that I'm trying to make. Jerry had it coming, though. Yeah, but then we have to find a new groom of the stool, and it's a whole thing. Also, these people drank a lot, so that probably wasn't a good combo. 
The story of how big knives were banned is kind of interesting. So Cardinal Richelio, the chief minister to France's King Louis XIII, was disgusted by this one dinner guest in particular who picked his teeth with the point of his knife, like a toothpick. And so he had the tips of all the house knives ground down so that they couldn't do that anymore. The idea caught on, and it wasn't long before blunt rounded dinner knives were customary in upper class French households. Further solidifying this trend was when King Louis XIV in 1669 banned pointed knives at the dinner table altogether. Over time, the dinner knives became wider to easily scoop food onto a fork or spread butter. It all comes around. Back to butter knives. So now they have knives like at the Texas Roadhouse. Yes. I read one passage that said he banned pointed knives on the street as well, and not only were all the new dinner knives made with rounded tips, but all existing knives had to be ground down to comply with the law. France, man. This had some repercussions on the American colonies because by the 18th century, all their dinner knives were rounded and they didn't have a lot of forks. So they had to steady their food with the tips of their spoons, cut the food, and then switch the spoon to the other hand in order to scoop it up and eat with it. Tedious. Emily Post, in her 1920s etiquette book, called this distinctly American practice the zigzagging. It took a long time for forks to become popular in America. I have one complaint quote from a diner in Maine that said, eating peas with a fork is as bad as trying to eat soup with a knitting needle. But by the 1850s, forks became pretty well established, so that's good. They sometimes called it a split spoon. It's kind of a silly name. Also, forks now have three to four tines over the two that they had in the beginning. A duodent, if you will. Which is probably why it was so difficult to eat peas kind of started in the Middle East, and then it went to France, and then England was like, oh, I guess we're okay with that, and then America was like, well, I guess give us some forks, because we're tired of zigzagging our spoons. We're always the last to take on the new thing. Hey, we made the internet. Who's laughing now? I don't think we actually did. I don't know if that's true or not. Anyway. Chopsticks were invented in China and have been used since 1200 B.C., But they started as cooking utensils. It wasn't until about 400 AD that they started being used for eating. China had a population boom that zapped a lot of resources, causing cooks to cut food into smaller pieces so they would cook faster because the fuel that it took to cook food, they wanted to use as little as possible. With the food already being bite-sized when it was being served, they had no need for knives. Therefore, chopsticks was just fine. Chopsticks' popularity is also attributed to Confucius. He was a vegetarian and believed that sharp utensils would not only remind people of the slaughterhouse, but also sharp knives would inspire violence and warfare, which would inhibit the happy, content feeling you should get from enjoying a meal. Chopsticks left China and became popular in all of Asia soon after. Japan had chopsticks for men and women, men's being 8 inches long and women's being 7 inches. Thought that was weird, but Their little tiny lady fingers can't handle the lengths. They were also the first to make disposable bamboo chopsticks. 
The wealthy had a long list of options for their chopsticks to be made of, like jade, ivory, coral, brass. The very privileged used silver. This might have been popular among the rich and powerful because it was believed that the silver would corrode and turn black when turn when coming in contact with poisoned food. That wasn't true. You'd think they would have figured that one out real fast. Maybe this idea was brought up by uh, an assassin. He was like, no, no, nobody poisoned that guy. His chopsticks are silver. He just had a heart attack. Crazy coincidence. Or maybe it was his drink. Maybe someone poisoned his drink. Should have had a silver cup. Early chopsticks were joined together at the tops. I'm guessing so you wouldn't lose one. But you can see like little small chains at the top of chopsticks to help keep them together. Once everyone had the three main pieces to cutlery, we of course had to step up the game and add more highly specific options. Also, the Industrial Revolution helped with this since we could make many thing. We could make many thing very quickly now. Many thing very fast. Steady hand. Here is a fun list of weird tools for eating. I'm going to name it, and then you're going to say whether it should be classified as a spoon, a fork, or a knife. Okay. Okay. Cheese scoop. Cheese scoop? Mm Mm-hmm. I should think that'd be a spoon. Ding, ding, ding. Chocolate muddler. Chocolate muddler? Mm Mm-hmm. Keep in mind that chocolate in ye olden times was mostly a drink. Muddler. What on earth could that mean? I'm going to have to go with spoon again. Large jelly server. Hmm. This one could be tricky. It could be tricky. Are they serving this jelly like a piece of pie? Or are they serving this jelly like a bowl of goop? I'm going to stick with spoon. I'm going to give it to you because it looked like a spoon with a pointy tip. Okay, so see, I was on the right track. They They were spooning it out, but also serving it like a piece of pie. Mustard ladle. I'm going to say that's a spoon. No, it's a ladle. (laughs) I think ladle counts as a spoon. Yeah. Butter pick. Butter pick. How hard was their butter that they needed to pick it? Like ice. (laughs) I'm going to go with a knife. Fork. Fork. They were forking their butter? Yeah. It only had two tines. It was a fork. Or at least I would classify it as fork. Sounds like a terrible way to use butter. Food pusher. I know this one, actually. I've heard of this. Food pusher. I'm gonna go with spoon. There's not really a good answer for it's this one. It's more like a, like a small hoe, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> it's like a hoe for your plate. I was gonna give it to you regardless of what you said, unless you said fork, because that would have been wrong. But I classified it as a knife because of that real straight edge that it has. But, I mean... (laughs) And to hoe your rows of mashed potatoes. It was for children, so they wouldn't use their fingers to get the food on utensils. So instead of pushing it with your little finger, you'd push it with the little food pusher. Grape shears. Grape shears? Grape shears. I'm going to go with scissors. Excellent. Ding, ding! (laughs) It was for cutting grapes. They would use, like, scissors to cut their grapes? So you would have, like, a pre-portioned cluster of grapes served to you during dessert, and they would cut them with grape shears. This one's going to give it away because it's in the name. 
strawberry fork. I'm going to go with knife. <laughs> it was used for dipping your strawberries in various condiments, like uh, chocolate and I like stuff. that. So it's like a uh, fondue fork. Yeah. Except for, I think fondue forks only have two tines. The, the strawberry fork had more. This one, this one is also going to give it away, but also why? Ice cream fork. Ice cream fork? It's worse than the butter pick. <laughs> All right, give me a classification. Fork. It looked like a spork. Mm. Why? Uh, apparently it's for when you serve ice cream on a plate instead of a bowl. So ice cream on plate, spork. Ice cream in bowl, spoon. What could you possibly need to stab the ice cream for? Why would you eat your ice cream on a plate? These people were tripping. It's like eating your ice cream on a paper towel. <laughs> I don't think it is, but that's terrible. Terrible visual. <laughs> it's not aesthetic. All right. Cake breaker. This does not have a classification. I just wanted to add it. Cake breaker? I'm going to go breaker. with hammer. I really hope. <laughs> I really want it to be just a big hammer that they crushed the cake with before <laughs> serving it. Uh, it looked like a comb with very long tines. So maybe maybe it could be classified as a fork. It was for cutting delicate cakes that you didn't want to crush when cutting it. So like uh, you would pre-cut like, it and then cut it. Perforate yeah. the slices of cake before you cut it. I could have really used one of those whenever I was cutting that cake in Colorado. It kept smushing all the frosting down in between the slices. Yeah, it was, you needed a cake breaker. Cake destroyer. Crab fork. I have seen and possibly used a crab fork. I'm gonna go with fork. I have used crab forks many times. Uh, and then the fondue fork, which we have kind of already talked about. Basically a small hot dog roaster. So that's all the normal things. Oh boy. Um, Glad we got those boring little items out of the way. And then we, 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 we got a little off the rails with the combination cutlery. Spork is only the beginning. Chop fork. It's a fork with a knife. One end is a fork, the other is a chopstick tongue. So no. <laughs> okay, so it's chopsticks on a fork. Right, but like one end is fork and the other is chopstick that seems like the least useful combination. The f chopstick does what the fork does. Why isn't it a chop spoon? That would make more sense. This should not be confused with the fork chops. The fork chops? Mm-hmm. What's that? One end of the stick is just chopsticks, but the other end is a spoon and fork. A spoon and fork. So, like, yeah, so, okay, you got two chopsticks, right? One end, chopstick normal chopstick the other end one end is spoon and the other end is fork what a terrible concoction <laughs> knork is that is that the fork knife yes it's a fork with a serrated edge my niece plays fork knife <laughs> it might just be nork maybe that k is silent but knork was more fun spork isn't that just a spork one end is a spoon, and one end is a fork, and the fork has a serrated edge. A wow. A spiffinork. A spifork. Spifork. 
So it's like the Swiss army knife of eating utensils. Yes. Uh, and then my personal favorite, the spoon straw. From McDonald's? Uh, no. From Sonic. It's Mc... Wait, Sonic? You talking about the long red straws with the little little scoop at the end? Nah, nah. Those that's are, Sonic. Those are slushies, bro. Those slushy invented that. We all know that. But McDonald's... I don't know if they still do this, but for McFlurries, they used to have a spoon straw. Oh, I remember that. That was dumb, though. That was... It was only shaped that way, though, because it fit into the machine in order for it to... No, they they used to have a real one that would actually function properly as a straw. It had, like, a little straw built in. A little tube. Unless I dreamt this as a child, I'm pretty sure this is something they used to have. Well, I guarantee you someone... Someone email us. Do we have an email? Contact at useless.us. Anyway, the spoon straw is my favorite. I enjoy... I enjoy spooning and, and sucking. Oh, we weren't done. There was a whole nother page. <laughs> Spife. It's a spoon knife. I found some that were one in spoon, one in knife, and I found some that were a half moon spoon, and the straight edge of that half moon was knife. I take issue with these double-ended ones, wherein that uh, if you want to use the spoon, you have to grip a knife. <laughs> you think they would have thought that through? Doesn't seem well thought out. So, Spork, we already covered Spork, but fun fact, KFC was the first to serve Sporks with their meals. I support that. Oh, and on um, another fun Spork thing, Wally. Wally. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he had a Spork. Do you remember in the, in the movie he had a Spork and he was putting all of his things away? And he didn't, he was holding the Spork and he had a drawer of forks and a drawer of spoons and he was like losing his mind. He didn't know where to put it. Yeah, that was a funny bit. <laughs> classic bit. One of those classic Wally goofs. One of those spoofs. Just one of his little gaffs. One of his goofs. Last on our on our agenda to cover, uh, did you know that you can buy edible utensils? Not not Frito scoops. It seems like it's just a middleman to Frito scoops, but okay. So they're made from dried grains. The batter is baked in molds and can be flavored. They take a week to decompose if thrown out instead of eaten. Just something to think about. Sounds almost as good as Frito Scoops. As long as I can get a cool ranch fork, I'm down. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Um, chocolate flavored suck it strawberry fork. <laughs> what is a suck it? It's a fork that the harlots use. <laughs> Keep your fingies. You could have, like, strawberry spoon that you eat cheesecake with. That'd be pretty dope. I can't think of anything that you would need a Cool Ranch fork for. <laughs> Since you brought it up, what did you have in mind for a Cool Ranch fork? Oh, uh, well, I was thinking that I could just get a bunch of Cool Ranch forks and then dip it in sour cream. It's disgusting. You know I love sour cream. Ooh. What about Cool Ranch Fork with taco salad? I was thinking that. Maybe like Cool Ranch Spoon Taco Soup. Yeah, those work. 
in like one month, Taco Bell is going to release their Cool Ranch flavored utensils in like a taco bowl. You heard it here first, folks. Thingamajigs. TM. Cool Ranch utensils. If Taco Bell doesn't pay us royalties, they're done. They're donezo. We're donezo. With this episode. Thank you for listening to this exciting history of a mundane thing. What a wild journey this was. Forking sex workers. Don't forget to grab a goose and finger your food. I think that we need to unband hunting knives from the dinner table. Well, I don't think we ever banned them over here, but... Depends on what state you're in. Texas? Won't even bat an eye. Oregon? You're going to get some questions. Walk into the Shoney's in Austin, Texas, and they're like, Ah, yes, I see you've brought your hunting knife. Carry on. Will you be needing a spoon? Nah. Go! Go!